Well, I am holding in my hand a cartoon. And it's a cartoon of a man sitting in his pastor's office. And this is what he is saying to his pastor as he pours out his heart to his pastor. He says this, I don't know, pastor. Maybe it's an identity crisis. I just can't seem to shake this feeling that I'm nothing, a nobody, just an anonymous speck of dust on this huge planet. I feel totally forgettable. And the pastor's sitting there, and he's thinking this thought to himself, I sure wish I could remember this guy's name. <laughs> you ever feel like this guy? Do you ever feel like the late self-deprecating comedian Rodney Dangerfield, who uh, uh, once said that he went to a psychiatrist's office because uh, he just wasn't feeling Right. So he went to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist told Rodney that he wanted to run a battery of tests to see if Rodney had an inferiority complex. So he put Rodney through all these tests. And after the doctor examined all the tests very closely, he brought Rodney in and he said to him, I have some good news and I have some bad news for you. The good news is that you do not have a complex. The bad news is that you are inferior. <laughs> Make no mistake about it, the way you see yourself determines to a large degree the way you're going to act and react in life. Your self-perception determines your life direction. It's the truth. This is not a new discovery. Centuries ago, the Bible said this in Proverbs 23, verse 7. Get your notes and take a look at your notes. Proverbs 23, verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Your self-perception determines your life direction. That's why as we continue our message series today based on the book of 1 Peter, entitled, Live Life God's Way, this morning we're going to see how you can live life God's way by remembering who you are. So I'm going to ask you now to open up your Bibles to 1 Peter and to go to the verse that we left off with last week, 1 Peter chapter 2. Today we're going to look at verses 4 through 10 of First Peter chapter 2. Now, before we get into this passage of Scripture, let me uh, just let you know that right here, Peter is writing to some people who were taking some really heavy hits in their self-esteem and in their self-perception, because in a real way, they were the Rodney Dangerfields of the first century. From the world's point of view, they were totally forgettable. But God knew that if they were going to be able to live life God's way, they needed to remember who they are because self-perception determines life direction. 
You know, uh, many of you who have been hearing this message series on uh, live life God's way, uh, you're going to be able to relate to what I'm about to say. You've had thoughts like this go through your mind. I really don't know if I can live life God's way. I mean, it sounds like a good theory. sounds like a good idea. But boy, when I look at myself and my struggles, I really wonder if it's possible for me to live life God's way. Well, God knew that the people that he was writing to in the first century, and God knows that the people he is speaking to in his word in the 21st century, if they're going to be able to live life God's way, if you are going to be able to live life God's way, you must remember who you are. So right here in 1 Peter, the section we're looking at today, Peter starts off this section by saying these words in verses 4 and the first part of verse 5. Look at those words in your Bible. Peter says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Do you see what the Holy Spirit's saying right here in this passage? He is saying that when you come to him, when you come to Jesus Christ by faith, you are being built into a spiritual house. And what's that house? That spiritual house is the church of Jesus Christ, the family of God. This means something. This means that as part of God's family, through faith in Christ, you can say four things. And these four things will affect your self-perception and in turn, your life direction. So we're going to look at these four things this morning. Let's take them one at a time and you can write them down on your notes. Here's the first one. First of all, as part of God's family, through faith in Jesus Christ, you can say this. You can say, I am acceptable. I am acceptable. Underline those words in verse 4 in your Bible. Rejected by men, but chosen by God. Rejected by men, but chosen by God. You know, many of us spend our entire life trying to earn acceptance from other people, whether it's parents, peers, partners, even people that sometimes we don't like. We can spend our life trying to get acceptance from these folks. In fact, there are more than a few people that will go to amazing ends and do crazy things just to be accepted by someone else. There are many of you that don't even want to think about what you did during your teenage years to try to get accepted by your peers. And some of you who are listening to this message today, I want to tell you that you know in your heart that um, you grew up with unpleasable parents. Whatever you did, it was never enough for them. If you got C's, they wanted B's. 
If you got B's, they wanted A's. If you got A's, they wanted straight A's. It was just never enough. And the tragedy is that even today, you're still trying to earn their acceptance. They may be dead and gone for 20 years, but you're still trying to get their approval and their acceptance. And I want to say two things to you. Number one, in all likelihood, you are never going to get all the acceptance you want from all the people you know. And number two, you can be whole and happy without getting that acceptance. You really can. Why? Here's why. Because when you give your life to Jesus Christ, as the first part of verse 4 says, look at that again in your Bible. When you give your life to Jesus, you may have been rejected by men, but you have been chosen by God. And the great thing about the acceptance of Jesus Christ is you don't have to earn it. You can earn it. Jesus earned it for you through his perfect life on this earth and his perfect death on the cross for you. It's a gift of grace. As Psalm 27 verse 10 says, look at that on your notes, even if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Listen, today, if you are in turmoil over some rejection by some person, I want to say to you, give it a rest. Trust in Christ, because as part of his family, you can say, I am acceptable. Say that out loud right now. I am acceptable. And that will be enough to live life God's way. He will never forget you. And as part of God's family, you can also say, write this down, I am valuable. I am valuable. Look at the last four words in verse 4 in your Bible. The last four words in verse 4 say, and precious to him. Not only does God say that you are acceptable. God says that you are valuable. Did you know that we are neck deep in a building project here at Mission Liberty Hill? We are right now, but it's not a physical building project. It's a spiritual building project. God is not building buildings among us right now. He is building people. And this is a picture of a metaphor that just runs through the fabric of this section of Scripture that we're looking at today in 1 Peter chapter 2. It's a picture of a building with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And each one of us who are trusting in Christ, who have been connected to Christ, we are living stones that are part of this spiritual building that Christ is building among us. Every time 
another soul is quarried out of the pit of sin and fit into this spiritual building called the church of Jesus Christ, the spiritual building keeps growing and influencing our world more and more. And who's overseeing this whole building project? It's our on-site contractor, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, carefully overseeing it all. I hope you realize, therefore, just how valuable you are that God in Christ would have quarried you out of the mass of humanity and brought you to be an important part of his eternal family, his spiritual house and household. Think about this for a moment. What determines value? Well, if you've ever watched the Antique Roadshow on television, you learn pretty quickly that there are two things that determine value, and you can write these on your notes. Number one, the first thing that determines value is what someone is willing to pay. What someone is willing to pay. For instance, your house that you're living in right now, if you own it, it is not worth what your certified appraisal says it's worth. It is not worth what your real estate agent is telling you it's worth. It is only worth what someone is willing to pay for it. No more, no less. This is true for everything from baseball cards to fine pieces of art. What determines value is what someone is willing to pay for it. And the second thing that determines value is who is the owner? Who is the owner? Let me give you an example. If I tried to sell this right here, my toothbrush, if I tried to sell my toothbrush, it probably wouldn't bring in much. Wouldn't be able to float the church budget for a month on the sale of my toothbrush, that's for sure, especially not during this pandemic time. But did you know that a while back, a toothbrush sold for $21,000 because it had been owned by Napoleon. This is the power of what someone is willing to pay for and who owns something. It determines value. And this is precisely why, as a believer, in the Lord Jesus Christ, as someone who has been fitted into God's spiritual house, the church of Jesus, his family, you can say, I am valuable. I mean, what was God willing to pay for you? Well, look back in your Bible at 1 Peter chapter 1. And look at those verses 18 and 19 that we looked at last week. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. That's what God was willing to pay for you in his son, Jesus. And who is your owner? 
God himself. And that makes you valuable, even more valuable than Napoleon's toothbrush. Because in Christ, you can say, I am valuable. Say that out loud right now. I am valuable. And that will be enough so that you can live life God's way. He will never forget you. And as part of God's family through faith in Christ, as part of his spiritual house, you can say not only I am acceptable and I am valuable, you can say I am capable. I am capable. Continue on in your Bible with the second half of verse 5 through verse 9. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Now, I'm going to ask you to underline in your Bible in the second half of verse 5 these words, to be a holy priesthood. And then in verse 9, underline these words, but you are a royal priesthood. In the Old Testament scriptures, priests had the right and the privilege, they had the capability of two things. And, and, and here were the two things. Number one, they had the capability, the right and privilege to go directly to God, to go directly to God. Everyone else had to go through a priest, but priests could go one-on-one -on -one with God. And secondly, Priests had the capability, the right and privilege to represent God, to represent God to the people. But you see, when Jesus Christ came as our great high priest, he destroyed, he did away entirely with the Old Testament priesthood. And in the New Testament, he taught that each one of us as his followers, by grace through faith, we are now priests of God. We are the priests of the living Lord. We are meant by God to be ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ. This means that today you have the capability in Christ. You have the power and privilege to do two things. Number one, to go directly to God, to go directly to God. You have direct access to God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You don't have 
to pray through someone else. You don't have to confess your sins through someone else. You don't have to seek God through someone else. You have a direct line now. And not only that, you have the privilege, you have the capability as you go directly to God to do something. What priests do? And verse 5 tells us that, to be offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What are those spiritual sacrifices? Well, they aren't cattle, they aren't lambs, they aren't birds, they are living sacrifices, sacrifices like you praying to God, like you offering up a problem or burden to God, offering up a hope or dream to God. They are you searching the Scriptures, seeking God. They are you worshiping God, praising God. They are you stewarding the financial resources that God has given to you and offering your tithes and gifts to Him. Those are the spiritual sacrifices that God allows you to offer to Him because you have the capability of direct access to God. And not only that, secondly, just like the Old Testament priests, you now have the capability in Christ to represent God to others, to represent God to others. Verse 9 says, look back in your Bible at verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Whenever you worship God here or at home, whenever throughout the week you pause and you praise God or you thank God, whenever you serve God in a ministry, whenever you speak about the true God to a lost person, you are exercising your priestly role as a child of God and as a living stone in the temple of the living God. You have this capability in Christ. The Holy Spirit has called you to it and empowers you to exercise this role. So in Jesus, you can say, I am capable. Say it out loud right now. I am capable. And that will be enough to live life God's way. He will never forget you. And as a child of God through faith in Christ, you can say, I am acceptable. I am valuable. I am capable. And as you're saying it, you know what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. The Bible tells us that the enemy of our soul, our spiritual enemy, Satan, the book of Revelation says he is the accuser of the brethren who accuses us before God day and night. Just about the time when you're starting to think, wow, in Christ, I'm acceptable, I'm valuable, 
I'm capable. I can, by his grace and power, live life God's way. I'll tell you what the enemy will do. He's going to stick his foot out. You're going to trip over it. You're going to fall into some kind of wrong way to live. You're going to blow it in some way. You're going to commit a sin that you said, I am not going to do that again. And the minute you do it, the enemy is going to put his foot right on your chest. And he's going to say to you, see, you will never, ever be able to live life God's way. He'll take that sin and he'll just rub it in your face. And God knows that. So God says in the very next verse of this passage that not only in Christ can you say, I am acceptable, I am valuable, I am capable. You can also say, I am forgivable. I am forgivable. I want you to look at verse 10. In your Bible, look at the last verse we consider today, verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God is a God who forgives sins through His Son, Jesus Christ. Listen, when it comes to your sin, God doesn't rub it in. He rubs it out. He wipes it away. He will never forget you. But when you confess your sin in Christ, when you trust in Christ, He forgets your sin. He won't forget you, but He totally and completely forgets your sin. That's the promise of the Word of God. So that you can say... I am acceptable, I am valuable, I am capable because I am forgivable. I like the way the Message Bible paraphrases verses 9 and 10 of 1 Peter 2. Look at that paraphrase. But you are the ones chosen by God chosen for this high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and to speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference He made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. In your Savior, Jesus Christ, you can say, I am forgivable. Say that out loud right now. I am forgivable. And that will be enough for you to live life God's way. He will never forget you. I wish I could remember this guy's name. This will never be you in Jesus Christ. You will never be a Rodney Dangerfield in the kingdom of God. Not now, not ever. Fred Astaire was one of the best actors, singers, dancers of his generation. But in 1932, when Fred Astaire was starting out, a Hollywood talent judge wrote the following uh, words at the bottom of a screen test that um, Fred Astaire took. He had a written report on the screen test, and this is how he summed up his 
view his acceptance of Fred Astaire. Can't act, can't sing, can dance a little. And perhaps the people, the circumstances, the situations, the self-doubts that you may be having today in your life might be saying something similar to you, but not your God, not your Savior. Your self-perception will determine your life direction. And in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ, you can say, I am acceptable. Say that with me. I am acceptable. You can say, I am valuable. Say it. I am valuable. You can say, I am capable. Say it. I am capable. And you can say, I am forgivable. Say it with me. I am forgivable. And that will be enough for you to live life God's way. He will never forget you.